Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie, as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we're going to discuss basic tabletop etiquette, aka how to be a human being at your game session. Ooh. So first off, uh, (laughs) I'm usually a half elf or something, Um, but uh, first things first, uh, Robbie, tell me your number one pet peeve at the table. My number one pet peeve at the table is um, I spend all this time creating this like intricate story where I'm like, oh, look, things are happening. And like, um, I... I, I prepare and I think that I catch everybody with my story. Uh, I don't know. I might, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But um, my biggest pet peeve is when people do not remember the story points that I, that I pointed <laughs> out. I mean, I get that sometimes my games can be like separated, but like. So I, I'm your biggest pet peeve then. <laughs> no, because I don't remember anything ever because games are so far apart that I just. I have to get rid of data. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's like, even when the games weren't really far apart, sometimes people just forgot things. And then they were like, but that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, but remember this thing over here that happened that I stressed? And like, I guess, um, I guess it's more of like, I don't know. I don't want to be like my, I wish my players would take notes more because it's not about that. It's just, I, I don't know how to fix it other than. Okay. So let's, let's discuss that really quick. Uh, So obviously the first thing listeners is that you could take notes if you are a note taker. Um, Usually I do shorthand notes. Um, I I couldn't possibly try to like notate the entire session, Uh, but you could shorthand things, at least key points. Um, and you can help your dungeon master or story weaver. Um, if you have issues with memory, you can talk to he or she or they uh, beforehand and say, hey, especially in the session zero, and say, hey, um, I'm really bad at memory. I, I'm not that great at taking notes either because when I write notes down, uh, I forget what they mean anyway. So I might take a note and then ask you what it means. Is that okay? And nine times out of 10, Nine and a half times out of ten, they're gonna say yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> like I would, I would totally be like, if you told me you had a bad memory about it, I would I not. Like, I wouldn't. I don't like. I don't like take it personally. Like, I w- I don't actually take it personally. It's just it gets on my. It's the one thing that actually kind of sometimes gets on my my nerves, but not like all the time because I'm I'm very chill when it comes to. Yeah, and I I mean, I get it, because I mean, like, as story weavers, we do tend to work really hard on the the story points. Um, So one thing that I would say from the story weavers point of view, uh, even though this isn't really that episode, is maybe we could send reminders uh, about things, or if, if your party is definitely a party that tends to forget things because every one of them has full time jobs, life happens. Uh, bad memories, things like that. Um, the two things that I would do personally as a story weaver would be asking them if the story even clicks with them. Uh, because as much work as we put into it, if 
a person is wanting a dungeon crawl and you give them a noir themed murder mystery, it's not going to click and they're just going to check out. Um, That's true. I mean, I usually what I what I do to to offset it is I I just make sure that when I recap I add a lot of recap details right and that's what i was gonna say is like either either kind of do a reminder beforehand a la like a mini session zero on the same day or if everyone's like uh you know hey we're all bad at note taking or there's one note taker uh because i know specifically in a campaign that we did uh you thorn and i uh we had one person that was just really a rock star at taking notes and so every time you know it was like hey inspiration for if you remember what's going on everyone was like hello <laughs> and we just wait for her to talk um and so that's something else that you could do as a player is if you notice that somebody does take notes just talk to them and say hey if this is not my thing can you take notes and help me remember things and maybe that's a good way of of uh stemming that and, and, and by defense, I don't even remember what games I run half the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, like, um, I I don't. I'm not I, calling I, you out, Robbie. Just so you know. <laughs> no, I know. I just I I hate saying that that's like my pet peeve, but that's the only thing I can think of that like truly gets on my like, because I, I'm not like I. I I expect a lot of like I don't expect a lot of things like it's like oh you forgot stuff oh I have stuff like oh you like um you don't have any paper you forgot your dice I have extra dice like you need a mini I got a mini um you need role play points I got that for you like you know like mm -hmm. so it's just usually like the remembering part that gets to me but it is I got you yeah uh, Thorn, what's your pet peeve? I kind of already know it, but oh, it's okay. Yeah, we know. Everybody knows it. It's when everybody is paying attention to electronic devices when I'm talking. Yeah, that's fair. So I interrupt you. <laughs> uh, so my only caveat to that one is, and we we know the people who are like this, um, but if it is a coping mechanism. Uh, of some sort like if it's if your phone is your fidget spinner uh and uh, first of all tell your your dungeon master your story weaver that hey you know i'm gonna check out if you tell me not to be on my phone like i i just won't but if you're gonna be on your phone make sure you're paying attention because i think uh a little edit to thorns uh is when we're talking and somebody is on their phone or on a video game. Yes, it's happened to us. Um, if somebody's playing a video game and then you say, okay, so-and-so, it's your turn. And they look up from their phone or their computer and go, huh? That's the bad thing. But if you're on it and you know, you're whatever, scrolling through Facebook, or even if, you know, for instance, Robbie does his uh, character sheets on his phone all the time. I so do. that's that's one thing like hey if he's looking at spells and stuff and then okay robbie it's your turn he just gets right into it that's completely different than just not paying attention at all exactly mine i think the biggest thing is just not coming prepared 
Um, and it's not like, oh, I forgot a mini. It's more like um, if I if the DM isn't in control of your character sheet and you forget your character sheet, why are you there? Um, and that's kind of a harsh way of saying it, but if you could remember to give him a copy of your, which is why I ask for copies of, of character sheets all the time so that I have a folder of, okay, this is arc one, campaign one, whatever. Um, here's all the character sheets. If somebody forgets it, we can just move on. I have a copy and that copy comes back to me. Um, but if you don't come prepared and then it takes like 45 minutes to an hour for everyone to sit down and uh, get to the table and everything. And this isn't just like small talk. This is just like, oh, I, I need to get my things ready. And now we've just lost an hour of time. And, uh, you know, if, we, if we're taking that hour, we've just lost an hour of time gameplay wise. And then everyone at the table, including you most likely, is not going to be as happy because now we're, you know, we only did two hours or we only did three hours of, of play, especially as we get older and we're not able to do nine hour sessions anymore as often. Uh, losing an hour during a weekday when we have to wake up at five in the morning, it's like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. That's, that's a good one too. Uh, I hate when it takes, if, you're, if you want to go there and you want to play, and it takes everybody 45 minutes or an hour just to get to the table. Mm-hmm. But let's say we have limited time. Right. That's what I do. I didn't make, I missed the, the Saturday nine-hour, you know, mega session. Yeah, which we're going to be doing that for was- mine. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, listeners, we this is what, one reason why we just decided to change this, and you could do that as well. Uh, my campaign used to be every two weeks on a Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. It was the only three hours we could carve out of everyone's schedule to get there. Um, but one person, two people, whatever, couldn't make it or uh, somebody was late, things like that. And, and, you know, we all understand that it's life and, you know, sometimes work holds you back late, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh but it does bum everybody out when you can't play the session. So uh, we decided to move the session. So we moved it uh, to a monthly game. Uh, Right now we're gonna test out the monthly. We might go bi-monthly, but we made sure that it's on a Saturday. We talked to everybody at the table, said, okay, what Saturday is the easiest for everyone to either A, ask off or you're already off of work. And then we moved it there and said, great, let's meet at one o'clock and we're not leaving till midnight. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going back to the days of of the long session. How exciting. Yes. I said it, I said it seems that we get a lot more done. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And especially since, you know, like, uh, at least with our group, we were a bunch of friends that when we get to meet up, of course, there's going to be side conversations. Of course, we're going to ask like, oh, Robbie, how was your day? How was the last month? Because I haven't seen you in a long time. You know, we're going to do that. And so that just staves off the, the quote unquote pet peeve of, of being late to a game start time because we can, we can stave that off. We're meeting at 1 p.m. on a Saturday from 1 to 3. We're just shooting the shit from 3 to midnight. We're playing games. And that that curves a lot of that desire to to talk and disrupt the game uh, that a lot of people complain about. So having that buffer time 
is a good compromise, making sure that everyone has that time to just, you know, say, hey, what's up? So moving away from pet peeves, Robbie, what is the number one thing that you think um, a player could do to make the entire table and this the story weaver uh, happy coming to a game? Um, I think the the most important thing, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well, um, is uh, the idea that you that you are a group, like you're a team of, of players playing at a table. And even though your character might be like, you feel like your character might be the strongest or you do role play really well, it's really important to share role play moments with the other people at the table. I'm guilty of it as, I, I know I'm really guilty of it as well because I'll make a character and I'm like really into the idea. Uh, hello, Sorlog. Um, but like, <laughs> like it's, it's important that everybody gets a chance to um to really stretch their role playing like um muscle uh sure. you don't i'm not saying don't spotlight your character in moments that really could bring in like uh really could bring in good story for your character but also give other people a chance to maybe participate um say say you're more of a you are more experienced as a player and you're like oh i should check for traps or someone should check for traps well i'll just check for traps but your character isn't like set up for traps but it could check for traps and maybe like do a decent job at it i don't know like gives give other people the chance to like spotlight uh aspects of their character um and just don't like call the spotlight you know like yeah things like that it, it really can it can be difficult especially when you have like newer players and more experienced players, the more experienced players are, are like already know what they need to do. The newer players don't really get those, those cues. Um, don't pick up on like, Oh, this will be a good moment to like showcase my character. Um, they're still, they're still babies. Like we're still trying to get the game, you know? So, yeah. And what I would say to that is kind of twofold. One, responsibility on the players. Two, responsibility on the story weaver. Um, responsibility on the players as a veteran player, if you have one or more veteran players at the table, you guys can help the newbies out uh, with role play situations and scenarios. You know, Robbie is talking about uh, check for traps. If your character is not really statted for uh, traps or trap checking if you're not really a dexterous um, person because it's not engineering anymore um, I kind of miss that um, but if you're not statted out for the the trap checking uh, skill set you can say okay we need to check for traps hey Robbie or Robbie's character's name uh, can you check for for traps you want to scout ahead a little bit and then that way they can at least, you know, quote unquote RP. Yeah, sure. And my character goes up forward and does the role. At least that gives them something to do. And that also kind of helps them uh, realize like, oh, we're walking in a dungeon. Typically somebody wants to check for traps. Um, and that way they can, you know, they know for next time, like, oh, they can just step up. But sometimes we have shyer players and that's totally fine. And if they don't want to, be that person that speaks up first you're still allowing them the opportunity to feel included as opposed to just yes they're a shy person and they're only really 
uh, doing something during combat. Give them an opportunity to kind of do some role play. Um, and remember that you can also role play out of character. You can you can do stuff like my character does and just talk in the third person. My character does this. My character says this. Um, and things like that, that maybe a shyer person or a newer player isn't going to want to be uh, in character the entire time. Uh, Thorne and I, uh, you know, now that we've been playing for a long time, we're, we just yell at each other in character half the time. And we've had it where other people at the table have been like, hey, are you guys like mad at each other? Like, no, I'm mad at Tobin. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but it's not Thorne. It's Tobin. It's his character. Okay. Also speaking off of that, though, so, uh, I know I, I have a trouble because I will just trample everybody's RP because I have something to say. And I work real hard to drag it back, but on the opposite side, a lot of times I will just not say nothing because everybody's doing their RP thing and I don't want to ruin their group. Mm-hmm. And so, and I... I mean, I do have a tendency that when I get some of my more rambunctious characters, that they just kind of trample over everything. <laughs> and it's okay to tell somebody, you know, you might want to dial it back a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Uh, and, and I'll just go ahead and dive into to my point, my, my, my tip. And this is, this is a tip for just every day. Mm-hmm. It's not just the... The role-playing games, not just the table. Be nice. Yeah. That's all you have to do is be nice. Nobody has ever gotten into trouble or gotten into a fight because they were nice. Yeah. If you're kind and curious to the other people at the table, to the Thor Weaver, to people in everyday life, it's going to be easier. Uh, adding on to that, um, the, the being nice part, if everyone, like you can tell, I mean, there's, there is clear body language. There is ways that people talk. Um, and even if you're somebody who doesn't uh, understand social cues uh, very well, or if you don't understand body language very well, you can kind of go off of what other people are, are saying. You know, if your story weaver is exasperated with a certain person during a certain behavior, don't do that. <laughs> um, and if you are somebody who doesn't understand those cues, talk to your story weaver, talk to your other other players, because you don't you obviously don't want to be that guy, quote unquote, with the RPG horror stories on Reddit. You don't want to be that guy. So talk to everyone and say, hey, like, I'm not I don't understand social cues very well. Uh, you know, myself, I, I uh, sometimes I miss a lot of things. And so I ask after every session as a story weaver, I ask, how did I do? What can I do to get better? all these kinds of things to to make sure that my party is still having fun because that's the number one rule of any tabletop game is to just have fun so if everyone's having fun then great you're doing exactly what you need to do if not we need to twist and turn some of those dials to hone in where that fun spot is well i mean on that point um conflict is inevitable in any in any role-playing setting like you were talking about like um, people getting upset at the character but like um and it's not they're not upset at you they're upset at the character right um, but when when stuff like that happens like if there's like a problem uh like that um conflict conflict like that should be handled like outside of the game you know like 
uh, definitely like taking people to the side later on, like during break or during like a bio break or oh bio break. Never mind, a uh, restroom break. Sorry, I have terminology from my workplace. Um, <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> uh, but you know, having like that honest uh, conversation, um, it really helps to to do like a like maybe you can pull two players who are having conflict aside and be like, okay, what can we do to resolve the issue? Um, and really determining if it's like an out of an out of issue conflict or even an in-game conflict. Like, so if uh, someone's annoyed at something going on in-game and they're projecting it onto the person playing the, playing the character, you can definitely like handle that situation off the table. It doesn't have to be handled in the game. Right. Um, just that way there's that, that privacy for you and the two players to kind of really have a dialogue or a conversation. So that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, that's a great segue into a go listen to our session zero podcast episode. Uh, but having a session zero, having a session zero before any session, uh, and also having safety tools uh, is a really great way to avoid a lot of stuff because like if if we discuss beforehand like this is how i feel these are you know our lines and our veils and these are my hard stops and you know all of these things and we kind of have like even uh, some tables i've actually played in where they have a safe word that we just like boom time out we gotta stop um so if you have these safety tools in place then it's a lot easier to just run a smooth game be in a smooth game and just have everyone have a really good time um and you can find a lot of safety tools just by googling uh tabletop safety tools uh i know uh brennan lee mulligan's uh, podcast adventuring academy they had a whole episode uh dedicated to that um and they they had a bunch of resources so you can go listen to that one because i can't remember off the top of my head but there's a website that has a bunch of safety tools um and I think that that's probably the best and maybe the only way to really avoid a lot of the, the issues and pet peeves and, and things. Um, I don't know about you guys. Just communication, well, I mean, it, you know. A lot, of, a lot of it is just being honest with your DM, honest with, you know, other players. If, if it comes to that, just let them know what your hard stops are, what your peeves are. I mean, you want to have fun. That's it. You want to have fun. If it gets to a point where it's a hard stop for you, say something. Yeah. You know, say, hey, can we have a bathroom break? Talk to the story we were, you know, explaining them what's going on. If it, if it didn't come up in a session zero, if you didn't have a session zero, you still have that hard stop. So you need to bring it up. Otherwise, yeah. everybody else is, is having fun and you're not. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. And that's also, uh, for the story weaver as well i mean this is this is all parties involved uh at, at a table you have to take care of yourself because not everyone knows everything and then also some things just come up if robbie's really amazing at uh body horror and all of a sudden he says something that like you know we've been doing blood and gore and all kinds of things and all of a sudden he says something really funky and i go whoa i didn't realize that was a trigger i have to you know raise a flag and you know let them know like hey let's let's ease up on that one 
Um, and I know, you know, since I've been playing with, with Thorne and Robbie for a, a long time, I know that he'll go ahead and back off. If the person doesn't back off, that's a whole other issue. That's, that's where we all have to kind of stop and think, are we going to continue playing with this person if they're just not going to listen to those things? Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's people out there like that, and there's there's horror stories all over Reddit about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you you have to be comfortable in your situation. There's nothing saying that if you're not, you can't leave. You right. can't. It, it sucks if it has to come to that, but that it does happen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, let's let's say uh, six out of ten times the games are mostly your friends anyway, so your friends don't want to be that bad guy to you they they you know they're your friends they at least they shouldn't want to be that kind of a dick to you um for the for the people who play on uh discord servers or uh forums and things like that um yes they're strangers but they're also i mean they're people just like how thorn said be nice to people and and you know it's a lot harder to get into fights and get into trouble if you're nice and kind that's the same thing for all these strangers too. So you just gotta, I, I think that we hit this one enough times, but I mean, if you, if you have a, a reason to stop, do so, take care of yourself, breathe. And, you know, like Robbie said, take that, take that bio break, <laughs> and, bio break. Uh, <laughs> and, and talk to people, you know, it doesn't have to be something like, Hey, can I talk to you in private? Like right now? You know, you could just say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom really quick. And you could text your story weaver and say, hey, I, you know, I'm not really comfortable about this and this and this. Um, let's ease up. And if it's something that another player is doing, but you have a buddy in your, your table, you can text that buddy as well. It doesn't have to be like dragging the person and saying, hey, let's go talk in the backyard. It, it can be a lot less confrontational than, than people realize. Yeah. Definitely. But we could talk about metagaming. Yes, let's. Metagaming is a very difficult topic. And being uh, having proper etiquette at the table, even for like experienced and veteran players, it's a very difficult thing to maintain. It's it's because you're trying to separate your your base knowledge of the game that you're playing, and you have to really uh, put in the effort to be like, okay. This is my base knowledge. And then this is the knowledge that my character has. Like, this is what I know and you, and this is what my character knows. And being able to do that's difficult for people because it's like the example, you're fighting a dragon and you know that the dragons, you know, as a player, the dragon's immune to, to damage, to a certain damage type. And then you're over here, your character over here doesn't know that because you know, you know, dragon lore because you read, you read the monster manual or you've read information about it. But your character exists in a world that dragons aren't super common or dragons aren't like a, a common occurrence for, for everybody. And they don't know that the dragon's immune to this kind of damage. And you're like spouting it out. And that really takes, that takes you out of the, the role play, you know? Mm-hmm. And it takes you out of the scenario. And it's a difficult thing to achieve for people. Um, I've, <laughs> I've heard people argue it left and right about it. And it's just... It's just keeping up the the world and keeping up the visual for everyone. Um, right. 
it, it, it's an important thing because people are here to separate, you know? Yeah. And going off of that, there's a right way and a wrong way to metagame. You know, the way that Robbie was talking about it and just, you know, like, oh, me as, as Illidine, the person knows the resistance to dragons. So I'm going to go ahead and, and use all those weaknesses, uh, even though my character might not know it. But I would say the quote unquote right way to metagame would be like, hey, Robbie, you're my story weaver. Uh, I know that the dragons or this certain type of dragon or this troll is, uh, you know, uh, weak to fire. Um, could my character know that? Is there a role I can do? Is there, um, maybe I read a book or something. Maybe there's something in your backstory as a character that you can talk to your story weaver and just say, hey, like, I've got this thing. Like, can I roll to see if I would remember and then you can totally do like a history check or um, a survival check or something, or even a perception check. If you guys have done, you know, five rounds of combat um, and you as a person has, have put two and two together that this thing is uh, weak to fire, you can say, hey, can my character roll like an investigation or a perception check and see that this sword cut didn't really do as much damage as our wizard's fire spell? And that's a way to not necessarily metagame because you're leaving it up to the dice. And really, metagaming really hurts the story weaver because you're trying to elicit emotion. You're trying to elicit response. And a lot of time that metagaming just kind of cuts it off of the knees. Yeah. And you get nothing from it. And to your, to your point about like role, uh, having somebody roll their, like roll, make a role to kind of determine these things, you also have to make sure that you're playing to your character. So was your character somebody who who would notice something like that? Like they might be trained, but have you been playing your character to like somebody who's not as not super intelligent? You know, like have you been playing a a character who who has frequently made um like who has frequently made mistakes because their intelligence is a lot lower, or there's somebody who like trips over their own feet, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just making sure that it plays out narratively and also respecting respecting the DM's decision to be like, hey, I've noticed this is your trend with your character and this wouldn't be, I feel like this wouldn't be something that your character would notice and then respecting that decision afterwards as well. Absolutely. I, I definitely think that the next point would be to not get into shouting matches um, with, uh, with your DM or with other players as themselves. You know, because we kind of hit on you know, you can get mad at a character, but don't get mad at the person. You can't, this is a fantastical game, you know, in talking about Dungeons and Dragons, but any any kind of tabletop game, this is a fantasy world with a fantasy story with somebody writing fantasy people and monsters into it. You don't need to take everything personally. It's, it's not you. We're not saying like, oh man, I threw Robbie into this game. We're going to fuck him up. Like that's, and if somebody's doing that, leave. That's not right. <laughs> but, I, I, played in, I played in games like that and have left because of it. Exactly. So it, 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 we're not just talking like it doesn't happen. It, this stuff does happen. Yeah. People can be terrible to each other. So yeah. that's why I always tell you know, new players, just be nice about it. You know, that's, it's so much better. But, right. yeah, if you're in a situation where they're targeting a certain player because – Maybe they don't like them or they're just stupid. Like the play, people that are after the person is are just dumb and have no feelings for anything else. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Get away! Get away from it! Get away yeah. from it! You're gonna be so much happier. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like you know barring those those craziness and the the, the bad experiences, if uh, if we're if we're at a game, um, and the DM tells one of us, you know, hey, uh, I don't think your character would actually do that, or the other one that it is also the responsibility of players and story weaver alike is hey your character might do that but it kind of sucks the fun out of everything else that the party does you know the the rest of the team doesn't seem to be having fun when your character does this over and over again those kinds of decisions just just take it as it is i mean your character is not you in the first place there might be some things that are uh common denominators between you and your character but it's not you this person's not directing uh their judgment as a dm on you it's a judgment on your character or your uh your role so that's the the one of the big things for me which ties into thorns be kind is just like you know let it roll off your shoulders like if if you really thought that you could do this super epic thing and the dm was like yeah i'm sorry like that's that's not what's going to happen and this is why then take it you know they explained it and let's just move on and we can do something more extraordinary later uh as you level up and you can jump but there are certain things that you know some dms have a line for i don't allow firearms in my games uh, of DD. if i'm playing Shadowrun or if i'm playing world of darkness then sure but in D&D, mine, I like high fantasy. Um, and I just, I don't do uh, firearms. Now, there's times that I've let certain things uh, slide and you can talk to your DM about it and be like, well, what if I find this really crazy like Atlantean power source and I take the time to build it and whatever, and then we can come to a, a compromise. But initially, you're not going to start at level one with a flintlock character i just i can't do it <laughs> it's just not my type of game uh so i'm obviously not the right dm for you if you want to be that gunslinger artificer uh get away from me <laughs> um, yeah i'm i'm the same way i don't do any kind of steampunky stuff in D because it's just not me i'm i'm the high fantasy if you want to do steampunk there's games out there that are steampunk for sure and, and there's it's that what go ahead there's there's steampunk D and D games. I mean, they look at Eberron and look at um, the the actual artificer class, but it's got to work for everyone. I mean, it, it's just when you've got even if I was going to let an artificer gunslinger, I think I would have to change some of the mechanics because it wouldn't fit with my party's ranger and paladin and things where you know we're using bows and arrows and all of a sudden this dude's coming out with a sniper rifle, fifty cal. And just long shotting my B- my BBGs, like we're gonna change some things up, my guy. <laughs> exactly. That um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, but moving from that, you know, just just to reiterate, it's just not taking anything personal. I, I think that both of you guys agree as well. It's just communicating, and you know, hey, if this thing doesn't work for one of us, then let's try and find a compromise at least before you guys go to the extreme of leaving a table for something like that talk to your dm and say hey like i want to do this i know you don't like that in your 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 games 
can we come with a compromise? And maybe one game, he, he or she or they let that thing uh, happen in their game. And then the next time they're going to say, nah, you know, it, it was fun for that session or that one shot, but let's not do it this time. And if you're good with that, then move on. Last, last point, uh, Thorn. What do yeah. you think the 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 other last basic etiquette is? Okay, so this is this is a thing for me. Um, it, it's not for everybody. Uh, it's reaction to character death. Mm. Mm. What you have to realize is this is a game. It is a fantasy game, and you know sometimes it does happen to where your character dies. It's not always fun, but it does happen. You don't have to expect it every game, but if it does happen, don't hate the storyteller. Don't hate your story weaver. Don't hate your DM. Don't get upset. Don't walk out of the room. Don't get pissy. It's nothing personal. It does happen. Yeah. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to happen to everybody all the time. But I can remember the first time one of my favorite characters would die. It, it, it causes a visceral reaction. I mean, you get mad. Yeah. And you can't do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, adding to that, I think that if you are somebody who doesn't want to play a game where characters die, talk to the, talk to the, the, the party and the story weaver at session zero you can't just go for 20 sessions and then your character dies by happenstance and you get really upset and then take it out on everybody and, and play the victim and take it personally i think that if that's something that you don't want to happen it's definitely a discussion that you talked about beforehand because i've i've had games where i've been told like hey i, I don't really like character death and i just move around it we're gonna do like the whole party is never gonna die but they're going to go still go down to zero hit points and they're going to, you know, be unconscious and they might get thrown in jail or something or, you know, uh, some kind of other scene, but it won't be an actual character death. Um, and some people like that. Some people don't. And that's, that's just a conversation. I think the, the biggest thing, uh, takeaway my, my closing comments, uh, is that the basic of basic etiquette for tabletops is communication and for real life i think i think communication is the most important <laughs> little little tidbit that's my soapbox and i'm sticking to it <laughs> robbie um well i i have to think about it i i don't <laughs> I've said I'm I'm coming up with a blank. I've said I've said a lot of what I think today. Like, yeah. Well, actually, there is one point that I wanted to touch on uh, about etiquette. Um, and one last thing was um, respecting the like. I know we talked about scheduling and respecting like times and stuff. That mm -hmm. also falls on the 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 player and the, uh, and I'm guilty of it as well. The player and the story weaver is respecting the players times as well so yeah. um, not going over uh times um making sure that you that you know the schedule um 
schedule constraints of your players because they have lives too you know like for example illadine when you're in my campaign i do know that i have to stop at 10 and i've been guilty of of getting caught in the the story that i sometimes don't check and i really got to be a little more coherent of that but it is something that i'm working on and it is something that i feel like really lends to the etiquette of the table so i agree and and it's also it also goes towards the players too of being on time and if you're not going to be communicating what you know that you're not Mm -hmm. uh, that's that it really does swing both way as that Mm -hmm. yeah i think the last point before i go into like a pseudo uh message board uh mode um i think that uh something that brennan said on his podcast uh and he was talking to Satine Phoenix um, and they were talking about the DM and that in the days of old, uh, so like 3.5 and before, uh, which is like thorns in my era, (laughs) uh, it was pretty much on the DM to be the host like all the time. And it was the host's responsibility to schedule everything. It was the host's responsibility to bring snacks. It was the host's responsibility as the host. Fuck that divvy up some of the the responsibilities if you guys all have a schedule and you know exactly when you're going to be you know sub somebody can come up with the schedule somebody can say hey like is, is this day good for everybody if that day is good for everybody and it's good for until the end of time because jobs don't change all that much then sweet that's the day that you guys play if things change then that person is the one that says hey let's have a a quote-unquote staff meeting really quick and let's talk about what schedules that's what we had to do in our personal lives we had to change my campaign from bi-weekly to monthly because things were just happening over time um and you know as far as snacks and hosting goes maybe you guys uh host at different people's and i know you know younger people uh that have that are still living with their parents and things that might be harder to to host at, at different places. But I'm, you know, if you guys are having fun and you guys are going to uh, a local game store or, you know, one person's got this awesome basement for games, then okay, but try and alleviate some of the responsibilities. Maybe everyone brings like a potluck snack day or something for one campaign, just so that it's spreading the, the burden of cost on certain things. I think that's the last, the last point. So that's the last point. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only announcement I have uh, for the, the free podcast uh, that you were listening to, first of all, thank you for listening uh, and sticking with us through all of our audio issues and things uh, and making it this far. Uh, but we are now on uh, Amazon uh, Music slash Audible. And we're also on Listen Notes. Those are the two new uh, medias that we have uh, been approved on. So our podcast is now there as well as uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Uh, And we do have an application uh, in the works. It takes four to six weeks to get approved uh, for Pandora. And we're still working on Apple. um, And Apple is the bane of my existence. Uh, I love you, Apple, but the, the... the logo is our issue. Our logo is just not at the right pixels and the right size of file, and it's giving me a headache. But otherwise, we're working on Apple products uh, or uh, Apple podcasts, and from there, we'll be going to iHeartRadio and to TuneIn and to uh, 
there's like three more uh, that are there. Uh, so with that, check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied.